Hi, and welcome to the Hip Health is Pow Her podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Anna Esperham. I'm an MD, nationally recognized physician with triple board certifications in integrative functional medicine, pediatrics, and medical acupuncture with special pain training and clinical hypnosis and aromatherapy certifications, and we have a team of healthcare professionals that provide real and evidence-based information to support women on their health and wellness path, and our goal is to empower you to awaken your best self, connect with the true you, heal and recover from health issues, symptoms, chronic pain, illness, life stressors, all while feeling your healthiest, full of vitality and stamina to do what you love. And now I'm obligated to tell you our disclaimer that Anna Esperham, MD, is a medical doctor, but she is not your doctor and she is not offering medical advice on this podcast. So if you are in need of professional advice or medical care, you must seek out the services of your own doctor or healthcare professional. As this podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, medical, or psychological services or advice, and none of the content on this podcast prevents, cures, or treats any mental or medical condition, as you are responsible for your own physical, mental, and emotional well being decisions, choices, actions, and results. Health is Power LLC disclaims any liability for your reliance on any opinions or advice contained in this podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Health is Power podcast. I am your host, Dr. Anna, and I have a very special guest who is an author, um, Sydney Campos. I found her through a book I picked up at the library called The Empath Experience, What to Do When You Feel Everything. And since I'm a pain doctor, especially for kids, I I do kind of feel everyone's emotions and, and feel for them and just want them to get better. And when they don't get better, I just you know, get um, a little bit sad and depressed myself. And so her book just kind of really opened my eyes to what I need to do and just be aware of what was going on with me and my patients and kind of how to overcome that challenge. And so she does a whole lot now. We're just going to talk a little bit about the book, but she is a visionary, a visionary, a strategy advisor, a quantum healer. Um, she also has a new book that she's going to talk about too. And um, so we can just get started with Sydney Campbell. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Anna. It's so cool to meet you and to be with you too. I really uh, appreciate having the chance to connect. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I was so happy she said yes. I'm like, yes, woohoo! Aww. I'm so glad she's on this podcast. <laughs> a lot of people are going to like this um, who Aww. are listening to the podcast today. So I'm super excited to get the feedback and, um, and hopefully they'll find you as well and maybe love what you do mm-hmm. and maybe reach out to you as well. Um, I usually like, it's so interesting to find out like how people got started um, with the books that they write and with their current career and their current passions. And so do you just want to tell us a little bit about your path and how you got started with um, the vision that you have? Sure. Try to keep it pretty simple. It can be a long, weird, windy story sometimes. (laughs) I know how that goes. Um, You know, I guess for all of us. Yeah, um, you know, I was born as a really sensitive, intuitive child and had a lot of um, had a lot of sensitivity to the world around me, but I didn't know that that was different from what anyone else is experiencing. You know, you don't think about those things when you're a little kid. And so, of course, I thought something was maybe wrong with me because everyone else around me seemed to be kind of handling life a little bit better. You know, I didn't really understand what was different. Um, and you know, I found drugs and alcohol at a pretty young age to help kind of shut off my sensitivity, which again, I didn't know at the time. I just felt like when I started drinking, I could breathe. 
I could, you know, stop being so anxious and nervous and um, got very wrapped up in the identity of like partying and because I love connection. I love being with people. I love having fun, but I couldn't do that unless I was, you know, on drugs or drinking. It was really hard to just be, couldn't be here too much. Um, so that led me along a lot of adventures. Um, <laughs> somehow I ended up doing really well in school still and, you know, kind of like high achiever. And, and so maybe it didn't look so bad from the outside. Um, but on the inside, I was really in a lot of pain for quite a long time and a lot of different like toxic relationships and very externally driven though. You know, I just thought, I think many of us are too. It's like, as long as things look okay, maybe I can feel okay. And just really trying to make that work. <laughs> and even, you know, into my career, moving all around and um, it just wasn't working. And I was going to die at the rate I was drinking and, and doing some pretty hard drugs and just putting myself in a lot of danger, living a double life. And um, I got sober and um, started off a path in recovery, which was, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous and a lot of work in that 12 step area and just learning to take care of myself. I uh, found meditation really early on, found Reiki, which is a huge life-changing experience, energy healing. Um, I went to my first Reiki appointment in New York City after about having a year sober or so. And uh, it just felt, it felt better than any drug I had ever done. It was like, I just felt clear and I'd never felt that way in my whole life. And the Reiki healer told me, I talked about this in my book, actually. I think she, she's like, you're like a sponge. You're an empath. You're sponge. You're just sponging up all the emotions and energy of everybody around you. No wonder you feel so heavy and tired all the time, anxious. And it just made so much sense. And um, and then I really started to learn about what it means to be an empath and, and what it means to take care of myself, having this very heightened awareness, you know, and energetic sensitivity. And at the time, this is like 2014, I don't even remember, it was a long time ago. And I just remember like, looking out there on the internet and stuff and feeling like the information out here about empaths feels really negative and really like victim oriented. You know, it felt like everything I was reading or researching was like, you know, you're going to attract, if you're an empath, you're going to be depressed. You're going to be suicidal. You're going to attract like narcissistic relationships. You're going to be an addict. I'm like, I already did all that stuff. And I actually, I'm okay. <laughs> like, I feel like where's the positive spin on this? Like, I'm actually starting to feel better. I'm taking care of myself. I'm learning about what this really means. This actually feels like a gift. This is like, this is a superpower. What's going on here? Why is everyone so negative and has so much fear about this? And so um, at the time I started actually seeing my own Reiki clients, this is a progression over years. And I started doing intuitive readings and body work and kind of on the side though, from doing my career in advertising and, um, yeah, I, all my clients were empaths and they were just like me years before, you know, and I just started sharing with them the things that had worked for me to help myself feel better. And, um, you know, it's like the knowledge that we all have, that we each have, we just take for granted so easily, you know, it's like, I really feel like each, each person on earth is like holding the keys to such incredible wisdom that we just can so easily take for granted. You know, and that was kind of the case. I was like sharing all this, these protocols from my clients. They're having these life-changing experiences like, like I had had in my energy healing session. And then the integration afterwards with the new self-care practices and, you know, uh, protocols. 
And I'm like, you know what? Wow, if this is helping these people so much, maybe I should write like an article. Maybe I should just write it down. And I'll like, maybe how can I get this out to some more people that are, you know, going through this right now? I felt a responsibility. And it just flowed. You know, I wrote two articles. They got on uh, Mind Body Green and then were really well received. And I got messages from people all over the world who were just like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, this, this is explaining how I felt my whole life. I just, and people, one woman was like, I shared this article with my whole family so they can understand what it's like to be me. And, you know, it was just so healing to make all these connections and help. And then I thought, okay, if this is going over so well, maybe I could write a little ebook or something and just put it, you know, like 40 page. I didn't have any intention of writing some giant book. I didn't think I would do that ever. It wasn't what I, what I saw, but I just started a little, you know, an ebook. And this is the magic of, you know, the universal wisdom and kind of universe meeting you halfway. So started putting that together. Literally, I get a Facebook message through my business Facebook page, which I never check. It was like, so funny. I'm like, who? And I just happened to check it. And this woman, Eileen messaged me. She was like, I work at a publishing house. We'd like for you to write a book about um, empaths. Saw your articles on Mind Body Green. You know, let's talk. And I'm like, this sounds weird. Like, is this part of like a compilation? Or I had no idea, you know, like, how does that? It just all, it sounded a little spammy, honestly. I'm like, this is a little weird. But then I got on the phone with her and she, you know, works at Adams Media, which is an imprint of Simon & Schuster, which is a major publisher. And um, so they offered me a book deal and that's how the empath experience was born. And I had a lot of support and, you know, I, I wrote a whole book about it and it actually could have been much longer and there was a lot more to say and it just surprised me. And I, I love the experience of synthesizing everything into one one place and I just you know but what a miracle what a miracle to have that you know that little support show up so that this message could get out to to more people and can end up like in a library you know where you found it could end up in Barnes and Noble where it like falls out on people and well a life of its own (laughs) what's funny is that it was in in so I am kind of outside of Kansas City we're kind of more in a um, very small town area and so it's a really really small library and I'm I couldn't even believe that book was in that library so I was pretty impressed and I I loved it I was super excited about it It really it kind of I've read a lot of empath books um but for some reason, that book just really kind of spoke to me in a way that the other ones didn't necessarily. And so I just, I don't know why. And so, yeah, your message is just really powerful. Um, and, and it isn't negative. I don't think being an empath is negative. I mean, sometimes if we don't know and we're not aware of it, then yes, we can maybe develop some behaviors that might be hurting us. Or, uh, you know, in my case, I, I was getting, you know, super fatigued and I think I still can get fatigued if I don't watch it, but um, I can take on a lot of the energy of people surrounding me because I, I can feel their energy. And so, um, but I also, in your book, when it talked about the different types of empaths. Um, there was one of the empaths that you mentioned was an animal empath. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I am like, so <laughs> an animal empath. Like even today Aww. I was outside. Cause we, we do a lot with animals. We try and help all the wildlife um, because we've got five acres. And so we just do a lot for them and feed them and create owl boxes and have milk, we- milky weeds for the monarchs. And anyway, all the monarch caterpillars mm-hmm. are dying on the milky weeds. And I'm like freaking out, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm sure no one else would be freaking out 
out right now because their monarch caterpillars are dying. <laughs> and like, we have to do something. <laughs> so yeah, so it's a good book. Um, you know, in talking about empaths, like how would you describe an empath? Mm-hmm. And an empath is someone that has a really heightened capacity to feel energetically what is happening around them particularly emotionally, like can take the shape of feeling the emotions and energetic experiences of other people, but really all living things. So, you know, animals, plants, the earth, collective consciousness, all of life. Um, I want to say that, you know, I feel like everyone has the capacity to be empathic. We're all wired with that ability to feel very deeply and to feel an interconnectedness with all living beings, right? And to feel energetically the experience that others are having. We're not separate. It makes sense that I would, that you would feel the pain of these animals that are on your land. Like they're a part of you in some way, right? It makes sense that we would feel, you know, maybe heaviness um, certain days where the collective consciousness is, you know, going through a lot of chaos and movement and, you know, unraveling and reorganizing. And so, I think people like earlier on in the journey, um, like me, it was really helpful to feel like this label, this identity, you know, it helped. It was like, oh, that's how I felt my whole life. That makes so much sense. Like there's not something wrong with me. I'm not crazy. But I was crazy, you know, and it, and it helped. The identity of empath really helped. It was an entry point to all of these other, you know, like you know, resources that you mentioned, other books, teachings, et cetera. And then you find at a certain point, it's like, okay, and even that is a label and we don't want to get so identified with, you know, I'm an empath because that can really box us in and in certain ways instead of, wait, like I'm this person and I have this ability and this gift and how does it want to express through me? And it might express through a really unique um, channel, different than the way your empathic, you know, sensitivities or energetic sensitivities expressed through you. So that's a little bit more where I am exploring in my path now. I don't like identify so much as like, I'm an empath, you know? <laughs> yeah, that totally makes sense. And I, yeah, I agree too, because, you know, take my clinic, for example, when um, we have a psychologist, we have a social worker, and, and we work a lot with kids who have a lot of psychosocial stressors, they have a lot of depression, they have a lot of anxiety. But now kind of exploring this heightened um, sensitivity to different energy to emotions, because these are energy and emotions, our spirit is kind of what guides us, you know, throughout our life, you know, what what doesn't feel good to us, maybe, you know, we shouldn't be around. And, but, you know, sometimes kids, they can't really, they don't know about this. They aren't aware of what's going on. And, and I understand, yes, we need to work through the depression. We need to work through the anxiety, through cognitive behavioral therapy and all that. But I think we're missing a piece here where, you know, they are, they might be having an increased sensory experience. And how do we address that in more of this conventional healthcare world where, you know, it's not even discussed, right? And that's where, you know, in talking about when you were a child, or even I have to think about when I was a child, for example, but what are some of the things that you experienced as a child with this heightened sensitivity? Were there signs, were there symptoms? I mean, what was going on for you? Well, I wasn't aware of it until, you know, I was 25, 26 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. I was just trying to self-medicate because I felt crazy. 
I felt terrible. There was no help. And I, I thought something was wrong with me. Why was everyone else adapting? Like, how did everyone else have this book, you know, on life that I seem to have totally missed out on? <laughs> and, uh, and there was no language. There was no, I didn't know what I needed. I didn't know what I didn't know. Looking back and, you know, having supported a lot of people um, through a similar path, you know, my abilities got, my empathic sensitivities, and I would say even some of my psychic abilities now, to me, got activated um, by, you know, trauma survival strategies in my family. My parents were not very present. They weren't really energetically attuned. So um, I had to kind of hyperdevelop this ability to track the field around me to feel safe. You know, I had to learn to really and again, this is just an automatic, you know, survival strategy that got developed in that type of family dynamic where it didn't feel like there were any safe adults there taking care of me. I mean, they were there, but energetically they didn't feel there. And I think a lot of people go through this, but we don't maybe give voice to it. Because again, if we're just externalizing the fact that, oh, well, we had parents, they loved us, you know, they were there, but, but maybe at a deeper level, it didn't really feel like they were there. And, and so as a little baby, it's like, you know, you have to expand your awareness of the field around you and you become almost like more focused on what's happening out here and tracking even the energy of your parents. Are they okay? Are they going to be okay? Can I depend on them to take care of me? And then also the next level is what do I have to do to make sure that they're okay? What do I have to do to make sure that they're happy, that they notice me, that they love me? And for me, it was, um, you know, big repatterning. I'm still working on even to this day is like really developing that core sense of self, you know, after having been so highly attuned to tracking what's going on out here with other people, you know, great detail and, and really missing um, for the early part of my life, this attunement within and this ability to really feel what are my own feelings? What are my own intuitive guidances? What are my own desires? You know, and I think that's what we're kind of able to become more conscious of now with um, just, you know, where awareness and consciousness is, people are kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. I, I actually relate to that. I get that. And it kind of gives us a more responsibility, right? Like, it's not like, oh, my parents neglected me. And, you know, then I play out all these patterns. It's like, oh, that happened. And I developed these gifts kind of in spite of my trauma that activated all these abilities. Okay, cool. How do I work with this? How do I become more empowered and connected to myself so that I can use these abilities in ways that feel good, not unconsciously, so that I'm, you know, draining myself, taking care of people and, and tracking everything out here instead of really being within. Yeah. And you, do you find that, you know, this is sort of your, um, like, this was sort of the learning session that you're here on this earth for is just kind of going through that and then developing these abilities and being, being able to share and nurture that in others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. That's part of it for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, it's really, I mean, it feels like the invitation is to really come into acceptance around how everything that's happened up until now has been perfect. Right. How has it actually been perfect? How has it been the perfect setup? How has it been the perfect school? How has it been the perfect course? And to not hold any regret, to not hold any, you know, grief even. And all of working through all of those layers of the past, you know, the energies that can keep us in, out of the present. Um, 
that's quite yeah. a quite a journey. <laughs> yeah, it is. I um I was reading um I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast too, but I I read Caroline Mrs. or Mace's um Anatomy of the Spirit. Yes, Anatomy of the Spirit. And um, it sort of made sense to me because you know, when we're talking about trauma and and for the audience, the audience knows that it doesn't have to be a big trauma injury. It doesn't have to be a big sexual abuse. It doesn't have to be a big mm-hmm. physical abuse. It can be these more invisible traumas that nobody else sees that we really feel deep down inside that we needed to nurture ourselves and to really connect mm-hmm. to our spirit. Um, and we just didn't get that opportunity. And so these traumas can sometimes leave us feeling victimized in and, and we can really draw a lot of our energy and and com- continue to feel that victimization, but it draws our energy, continues to draw our energy and really depletes us over time. And so when Caroline Mace was talking about that through the chakras, for example, say the first and second chakra, we're drawing that energy, our spirit energy away from us so that we really, it's more difficult to be in tune with ourselves, um, come back to ourselves, come back to our spirit and really um, kind of provide this best gift that we have to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was super cool. I was just like, so amazed. I was like, I never, I didn't ever think about it that way. Um, so it is, it, it is always, I mean, this lifetime is just kind of coming back to the self, really connecting to who we are, truly who we are and not through, you know, the, implicit bias in our culture and and who we're supposed to be for them it's really um our purpose is to love and to um help um based on you know the gifts that we have you know deep down inside yeah so i think it's super interesting that you're um you know sending that message across to everyone throughout the world and i'm super excited and i'm also excited about you talked about a new book coming up can we talk about that yeah, sure. It's kind of still in, in process, but I, I think it's getting close to, um, it, it's just moving along. Let's say that. It's called uh, I'm Ascending Now What? And it's a guide to meeting your multidimensional self. And it's, yeah, it started out in a kind of different iteration. I had always wanted to write like a 12-step type of recovery program for um, you know, kind of the, what's the next step after you're like, you know, sober and you're not, you know, you've done a little bit of work in your awakening journey, your embodiment process. And, you know, what's the process for actually recovering your higher self or your divinity, your true self, your authenticity even. And it's kind of through the frame of multidimensionality, which is something I've been working in, in the last couple of, well, this whole lifetime, many lifetimes, but it's been something I felt more called to talk about openly like the last couple of years, just like this concept of our multidimensional selves, you know, and like you said, like connecting with our true self, which is my experience made up of all these different aspects, you know, from different times, different dimensions, different energies, different, um, there's just so much to us. We're so multifaceted, you know, and, and how can we really get in touch with that authenticity that we each have? And there is somewhat of a process I found through my own path and through guiding others. And it, um, it's going to be really fun when it's time to share, but it's similar in style to the empath experience and that it includes different stories and kind of like memoir, little um, vignettes, and then also practices, you know, ways to really practically apply um, what we learn in each step. 
So my hope is that people can read it and it really feels, I even write about this in the beginning. It's like, I hope this book can become your best friend. And I hope it feels like I'm just right there talking to you and with you. And that rather than teaching you or, you know, kind of talking down from this pedestal of like what I've learned as this awakened being, you know, I'm like really, it's been a cool process to write in this way that feels really co-creative, that is inviting the reader to be on a journey together and is inviting you to ask your own questions and be in your own inquiry and determine your own path. Um, so that feels really, that feels really good to share. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited. I will definitely get that book. And when you're, when you're talking about, I mean, I also talk about this in my, the women's wellness members club that I have and, um, kind of the foundation of healing and, and women's well-being is just that way of integrity, just, you know, being in tune with who we are and really listening to our inner voice. And, you know, it's a different, like, I mean, this is a lifelong process. I mean, I still have to, you know, really pay attention to what I'm doing. Is it for someone else or is it truly for, you know, the love inside and um, how, I mean, what are some of your ideas or strategies that you typically recommend if you're working with someone one-on-one -on -one, um, in order for someone to really kind of get more connected to their authentic self? <laughs> Putting it all in a big book. Big. It'd be great. <laughs> and a lot of them, a lot of them are in. It's just funny when I'm asked kind of those questions. I'm like, I could get there's so much. There's so much there. It's like that's the basis of everything I do, you know. And it, and it's such an exciting um, that that opening is rather big and exciting. And there's also a lot of good tips in the the empath experience. There work. is great core foundational practices, you know. And one of the most simple ones it's so simple, but you know, how often do we actually do it? You know, myself included now, I like consciously remind myself, okay, like time to go back and do the practice. Um, especially if you're really early on and kind of listening to your intuition and you're just learning about what that feels like for you or what it sounds like. Um, you know, a great practice is to, I think I even put this in the other book actually, is to set a timer um, on your phone to like kind of interrupt your routine. We can get so lost in the routine of our day and the busyness, you know, and uh, you can interrupt yourself a few times a day and just take at least one minute to close your eyes, center yourself in whatever way feels good. Maybe taking a nice deep full breath through the whole body as deeply as you can and just calming yourself, like slowing down. Oftentimes you don't realize how fast we're moving. We're just like powering through, like most of our society and our conditioning has taught us to just move at this like one pace, actually, when we each have a different pace, <laughs> we each have different nervous systems and ways that we want to move. And so how do you slow down and calm and reconnect to your breath and yourself? And then from that calm space, maybe feeling your heartbeat, that's a really nice way to, to center in and kind of get out of the thinking uh, loops if that feels loud feeling your heartbeat. And then you can play with asking yourself out loud or internally, how would I love to feel supported right now? What would I love to receive right now? How can I take care of myself right now? These are some questions. You can make up your own language for them in a way that feels more resonant. But these are ways that we can usually call on our intuitive guidance to speak 
really clearly and really immediately. Um, you know, intuition speaks immediately. It's the mind that comes in, you know, programmed stories and strategies come in a few seconds later. So usually we have the instinct to, to do, you know, answer, ask the question, you'll receive the answer immediately. You'll feel an impulse, you'll feel an instinct. And, and you can notice if another idea comes in a few seconds later. Oh, you, and it usually will start with, well, you should do this. Should, should, should is the mind, is the conditioning, is trauma, <laughs> our beliefs about yourself that are maybe not working so well, telling you what you can and cannot do, what you should do, et cetera, versus the intuitive impulse will probably tell you something really simple. And the more that you listen to that impulse and actually do it and carry out the action that it's giving you very directly, the more you build self-esteem, you build integrity with yourself, you repair trust within yourself, and you start to build more of this um, ease in accessing that guidance and information so it can come in more and loudly and more strong and you can feel that more prevalently. And uh, usually it guides you in some really awesome directions. <laughs> Just like you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, it's, it's it's simple, right? It's funny sometimes to give, like, this is how we're meant to, to work. Like, this is how we're designed to be. This is how our bodies are designed. To feel energy, to feel our intuition, to let spirit move through form and guide us. Like, this is how we are built. All of the other mental gymnastics and the armoring of our bodies and our nervous systems, you know, confused, pacing, trying to be like everyone else. It's like, yeah, no wonder that, that is so painful. No wonder so many people are in pain. No wonder so many people have depression, anxiety, diseases. Like this is all, these are all, I believe, a result of energy systems not functioning the way that they are meant to. I believe that when you allow your authentic, unique energy system to run, integrate energy in the way that it is meant to you are healthy your body is naturally healing i don't think you can get sick this has been my experience as i've really committed to this path of cellular <laughs> healing and just regeneration and really learning about my energy system my pacing my body how it wants to move how it wants to breathe how it likes to receive what it really wants to feel you know and don't really get sick Hey everyone, just a brief intermission that to let you know about the Health is Power Wellness Members Club is open to new members and this might be the last year um, to get the membership for the price that it is right now. Um, it is $57 per month, which is about $1,200 value with a masterclass each month with me or one of the Health is Power team members and um, you get a video or a series each month um, on the well-being foundations, um, nutrition, and mobility and movement, um, stress, um, letting go, manifesting, um, hormone balance, um, cycling, and adrenal thyroid health, immune health, gut health, and so much more. If you're interested, um, go to healthispower.com um, and sign up for the members club. We'll see you there. Yeah, no, I truly believe that. And I've been learning more about that these last couple of years. And like even Martha, so physicians and healthcare providers, you know, definitely need to be aware of this too. And not only for our patients, but for ourselves as well, because there is a big illness spreading throughout the healthcare system, um, especially amongst providers. And 
Um, and I think, you know, I think it is its own trauma too. you know, the way that we're practicing when you're talking about the busyness, 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 and, you know, turning out patients and, you know, seeing, you know, as many as we can. Medical institution has got to, got to get a lot of innovation happen. Yeah. So it's when I read, um, Martha Beck's books, um, I think, finding your true North star and then the way of integrity. She talks about how she got sick and how many people get sick if they lose themselves, if they are doing things that are truly not what their true selves want to do. Um, and when they become disconnected and so that truly like hit home and that's, that's, I mean, anytime I've gotten sick, it's been, I shouldn't have been in a situation I, I was in. Like I was kind of forcing myself into a situation, you know, a work situation, a relationship. And I always got these weird, vague physical symptoms that got really bad until it was like a big message for me to end up leaving, you know? So I truly believe that. Yeah. Another great book that's just coming in. I cited a bunch of my new one is uh, mine. Is it called mind over matter? What is it? It's by L Lissa Rankin. She's also a doctor. Do you know her work? I do. I love her. Yeah. I forget. I think that's, that's actually a different book's name. I forget it. Um, yeah. I read her book. She's got a couple books, but um, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I'll, 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 yeah. uh, I'll link to it because she, she's great. She was an OB-GYN who, I mean, everything all of a sudden happened all at once that she mm -hmm. had to um, change. She, it, she just couldn't be doing the work of an OB-GYN. That wasn't her calling and she knew it and the world, the universe was telling her that and she had to change. And so the book, um, she, book she has a couple books actually and it kind of describes her journey. And so it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, and she has great statistics about you know, just the, what really hit me was around um, our addiction to some of these chemicals and stress chemicals and just the, how we unwind all the nervous system conditioning to really come into calm. And that's where we meet ourselves, you know, and the more doctors like you that are having these awakenings and are understanding the multidimensional nature of reality and, you know, energy, et cetera, and the more that you can bring that in through your integrative practice. It's like, that's so exciting. We really, I'm just so looking forward to the day where we have more examples like this that are open, you know, to so many different um, alternative types of healing and diagnosis and just so many different practices and you know, and we can heal, we can heal much more easily in a lot of cases, rather than the traditional pharmaceutical model, which just keeps people sick. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to get you completely well. It's not the wellness path. Um, it's, it's more of a symptomatic treatment. And I think true healing really comes from within ourselves. We yeah. have the power. We do, we have the power. It takes a lot of work, just like what you've been through. I mean, you had that whole lifetime where you had to put in a lot of the work, um, and it was hard. Um, but it's so necessary and so beautiful, um, when you get through it and look what happened. I mean, Sydney camp, she's doing all this amazing stuff out there. Um, what, I mean, so you're, I mean, you're an author, but you also are creating, um, a lot of these kind of new programs. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I, I just am so interested in what you're doing. It's so cool. Um, and one thing too, in her little biography that, um, her assistant sent me was that Sydney is devoted to creating heaven on earth. And I, I, that is so cool because I really do. I think 
like our goal is to, I mean, bridge that gap here is, is creating heaven here is bringing the light and the love here. And, and I think that's our journey here. That's just our true path. Yeah. This is light and love. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think that came through a couple of years ago, like creating heaven on earth. That was a message I kept hearing and about my purpose but it, it's kind of like it landed a few years before I really it's like the meaning keeps revealing itself like what that actually means I used to think that it meant more like building you know like this outward expression of building all the new things in the world that we need to have a thriving society building the companies building the new institutions you know everything and you know still it's a little bit of that now but it's more than anything embodying that within right? Embodying that true self, divinity, you know, your essence, embodying that fully, bringing that energy, that spirit into form through you into the earth, being fully here, being fully present as ourselves. And that's the most important thing. Unless we are committed to that practice, we can't build what we're here to build. You know, it's like anything we create externally, if we are not really embodying that essence within, it's going to still be from the old paradigm. And so, as you said, it's the inner, you know, must start from within. And uh, it's funny how that was kind of played a little joke on me. You know, I get the mantra and it's like, it's totally flipped on its head <laughs> the last couple of years. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's the essence that I bring into I mean, any project that I get to collaborate on these days. Um, one project I'm really, really proud of and excited to share soon is called Ascend. It's a new social community. We call it a new dimension in social community. So we developed an app that basically takes the best uh, elements of all social media platforms that we currently have, puts them all in one place <laughs> in Ascend, and, and really just has a whole new frequency. The whole space just feels so much more positive and enlivening and kind of like focused on a higher consciousness. And the whole community is really based around a whole new system of ethics and values um, grounded in personal growth and expansion. And so all content that goes on the platform is actually scaled by the community. It's rated by the community according to helpfulness. So it's really different from the old model of just spectating and spam and, you know, popularity and it's like not a lot of meaning necessarily, or it's hard to kind of sift through all of it to find meaning. Uh, and we're creating a space where everything is kind of valued according to meaning and contribution and everybody is treated as a creator. Everyone is welcome to make a contribution and everyone's a part of, you know, building the community together. So there's a lot more. There's also a new cryptocurrency that we're developing that um, allows people to monetize their content. Um, you know, the big vision is someday when it's, you know, really popular, basically anybody with a phone anywhere in the world can create, you know, content on Ascend, can become a teacher on Ascend, can have an audience there and can make a living teaching what they love, can make a living sharing their gifts. You know, and we built all the infrastructure for it. So people don't, what I'm noticing now is there's a lot of these echo chambers of people having these brilliant ideas. And, you know, we need all the great ideas for the new ways we want to play. But it's like, they're all in their little silos. Like, okay, I want to build this wellness community. I have to build this whole website and this, all the infrastructure. And, and everyone's doing a lot of the same things and they're recreating the wheel. 
And, and so with Ascend, we're building this kind of foundational infrastructure that people can plug into very easily, but build their whole community on. And it's again, from that creator standpoint, so there's a lot of support and ease when it comes to creating content and even facilitating courses and groups. And I mean, I'm gonna put all of my stuff on there. I can't wait to like leave all the other platforms and just be in one place. <laughs> so really excited about that. That comes out in probably towards the end of this year publicly. Wow. I was thinking, oh, that's so cool. I thought this is going to be sooner. Oh, yeah, I'm super well, excited. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's been a big process. So, you know, we're probably going to have a soft launch in a couple of weeks, but then it will take a lot of, you know, we want it to be in really good shape by the time we open it for public access. So that will oh, be towards nice. November, December. Yeah. I'll totally be on it. I am so excited. Yeah, yeah it will. It definitely already feels a lot better than the other ones too. We do need um, something like this. I think this is going to be amazing. I think um, this is going to be successful. I think a lot of people will need this. It's going to provide a lot of value. Um, yeah. So I'll be super excited when it comes out, when I can use it. Thank you. Yeah. And for anybody who is also feeling a resonance, you can sign up to going to be in our early invitation access. Um, you can sign up at weascendnow.com. And I'll put that in the podcast details and then the show notes to everyone. So you can link back to it just in case. Okay. Weascendnow.com. Perfect. Well, Sydney, is there anything else um, that you want to talk about that you think is a big message that we haven't gotten across to everyone who's listening today? Hmm. You know, I'm tuning into all the other uh, clinicians, practitioners listening, and it, it feels like a rare opportunity. I get to connect with uh, those who are working so directly in the medical field. And I guess I first want to say thank you for the work that you're doing, all of you, and, and that you're even listening to this show and tuning into this, these kinds of uh, potentials. And I think the message I'm hearing is just to, I don't know, it feels like a reminder, uh, like an acknowledgement, encouragement that, you know, if you're listening here and you're tuning into these possibilities and, you know, kind of new choice points, that it's so important to trust your intuition. You know, we talked a little bit about that, but I, it's like the more doctors and practitioners that you know, even with all their training and all this amazing education, you work so hard. I mean, oh my God, medical school is so intense. I, I don't know how people survive that. And like, oh my gosh, and you're here to take care of people. You just want to help people. And you go through this, like, talk about trauma. You know, some of my best friends have gone through medical school and I watch them just get traumatized. And, and it's like, they just want to help people. And so you go through all of this, you know, this great battle to finally show up and you're in a position to support others. And I just want to encourage you to, it's like the message I hear is like, wear all of the training and all of the conditioning and all of the like regulations even a little bit more loosely, like wear it like a loose garment. Like it's a part of your path. It's incredible wisdom. It's incredible work that you've done to get here. And what's your special piece? Like, why were you called to this path? If this is really in fact what you're meant to be doing at this time on earth, what is the piece that you're bringing beyond everything you've been taught, beyond all the diagnoses and all of the different, you know, a lot of limitations, frankly, like how can you incorporate more of your authenticity in your practice? How do you want to incorporate more of the 
modalities or other alternative methods even, or just, you know, even at a really basic level, like how can you bring more presence to your patients? How can you be more yourself with them? And sometimes that can be the most healing thing that people are not even expecting, especially going to the doctors when they're so scared and they're just like, there's a lot of fear and intensity and stress. And how can you be an invitation for someone to feel more calm and connected to themselves and safe and just really get connected, really get to know their patients at a deeper level beyond like a diagnosis, beyond these kind of limited identities that we can play in, especially in that that field in my experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And I, I think you're totally right. The whole experience is, you know, one big, you know, eight, 10 year trauma. Um, (laughs) (laughs) we have, it is, it's so hard. And a lot of, I mean, and we don't, we haven't had the time to work on ourselves, let alone help other patients. And I think it's so important for a lot of the healthcare practitioners listening today to really, I mean, just congratulate them and know and just be there with them that it it was traumatizing and it's okay. And you can just let it be in the past and no longer take its energy from you. And, and I think really that purpose, it has a meaning and you went through it for a reason. And being present with your patients is an incredible, incredible healing experience. I mean, as a acupuncturist as well, I mean, we know that the acupuncture treatment doesn't really matter. It just matters of the acupuncturist chi, the presence of the acupuncture, the health of the acupuncturist. And I think that relates to, to the treatment process. Um, not necessarily the therapy I'm giving to the patient, but just being present and allowing the healing to come through, allowing themselves to come through and recognizing their gifts and their power. So yeah, super cool. I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm thinking of um, one of my dear friends and her new partner. He's like a frontline physician out in Pennsylvania and, you know, doing a lot of emergency care amidst, you know, all the COVID stuff and just and, but he has gone through his own awakening process and has really tapped into the quantum healing and multidimensionality and, and energy and and has a dream to create a, a integrative healing center, you know? And it's like, we're on earth right now because we're all here at some level to create the new world that we wanna live in. Like we, we're all here to pioneer a new way of being and we're all here to build you know, we're not here to wait. We're not going to wait around. Like who's going to build the thing? You know, it's us. We're on earth at this time to, to build the foundation for what's to come. And so especially, you know, looking at the medical institution, it's like, you know, okay, like, how's it going to change? What are we here to create? What kind of new methods of healing and integration? And like, what, what would be incredible to offer and to experience, you know? And I just feel like every person's like, we don't end up here in this moment by mistake, like you didn't go to medical school for no reason, you know, you learned about this institution in such great depth. And then you have practice in seeing what parts of it really work, because parts of it really work. You know, I don't go to acupuncture when I break my arm, <laughs> you know, I like go to the doctor. And there's parts that really work. And then there's parts that don't work so well. And so what doesn't work very well? And what can kind of get left out? And what wants to be innovated upon? And how do we start taking steps to build the new kinds of facilities and communities that really cultivate longevity and true sustainable healing, not just this blanket band-aid symptomatic 
the diagnoses approach, like it doesn't, you know, we're just starting to see how that doesn't really work for us and the way that we're evolving, you know? And so I always, I've always held this dream of like, I just want to go to one place. I go to all these different healers all the time, you know, driving all over the island. I got to go see all my people. What if they're all in one place? What if the healthcare center of the future is, you know, there's a team, there's an acupuncturist, there's a Reiki healer, there's, you know, like massage, shiatsu, reflexology, there's, you know, classic, like kind of Western GP that just does all the different, you know, gets all the metrics, maybe even does some updated, you know, metrics calibration with so many cool new technologies that are out here. Talk about quantum healing, cellular regeneration. I mean, have all those fun toys all in one place. You go in the infrared sauna, cold plunge, like just like full body optimization. You know, yeah, that's been so fun. <laughs> it would be so. I was like, like a while ago, I was like, oh my gosh, what if we could have just a hospital just like that? If someone yeah. could give us like a few billion dollars and then we could easily <laughs> make it, that's the new hospital, that's the new healthcare system. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for it. It would work. <laughs> I'm telling you, it would be sustainable. So, and it would be, we would heal people. Um, maybe that's not a business model. I don't know, but <laughs> it needs to well, happen. Well, there's a really good point. Like when did healing become a business model and how is that part of the problem? Like talk about, that's a whole other podcast maybe, but that insurance. is well, and that's what you we know? talk about. I mean, you know, <laughs> is the conventional healthcare system, the way it's set up right now, is it for healing, you know, or is that not the business model? I mean, does that make money for the healthcare system? So, you know, that maybe that's why not a lot of these practices have been built in to the healthcare system, even though the evidence is there for it. The evidence is there for it. The evidence is there for acupuncture. The evidence is there mm -hmm. for certain types of um, uh, energy healing. I mean, prayer and, and all sorts of um, types of energetic quantum healing um, that can't necessarily be explained, but does show good outcomes. So, I mean, yeah, it's just interesting how it hasn't really, really proliferated. So, yeah. It's all been around for thousands and thousands of years. And then the medical institution's like a little baby and then it insurance is an even littler baby. And it's like, we're going to take over. And, you know, and what, well, what if we were incentivizing, you know, like it's, it, it just takes like a few people to make a new choice, you know, like the people that are in charge of some of these insurance companies um, to say, well, okay, what would it look like? Like we could create a sustainable business model if we were choosing to incentivize doctors that actually really help support their patients to heal long-term. Like that, that's the choice is incentivizing actual wellness, incentivizing the doctors to really help people to truly generate that wellness from within. And, you know, that could happen. That could happen if a few people decided that that was the direction that we wanted to go in. That's yeah. an idea. <laughs> yeah. And, and the people wanting to heal. I mean, that's another thing too, is that with the individual actually wanting to heal and not using their illness as, you know, a crutch of some kind. And, and we've seen that um, as doctors and even in the conventional healthcare system, many people know it is that some of them might not want to heal because of what it means for them. What if they have to do something, you know, because they're going to heal and feel better. So yeah, it's just an interesting concept of what's going on today with illness and that there is a lot of energetic components behind the illness um, that manifests itself in the physical world. So, so yeah, lots of good points. <laughs> huge paradigm shift. We're in the midst of it. We're in the midst of a huge paradigm shift in every possible way. Like 
our whole world is completely changing and we're a part of it. You know, we are responsible for building what we came here to experience. Yeah. It's a really exciting time. We're very supported as we take steps to build those new aspects, you know, of our reality with integrity, with love, with authenticity. It's like, pretty fun. <laughs> it is pretty fun. I, I know I'm like, so getting into it and reading all these books and just kind of getting enlightened. So yeah, we'll just see what happens next. And I am so thankful that you were able to come on the podcast today oh. and um, just letting everyone know how do they find you? Where is everything at for you? Well, you can just connect on my website, sydneycampos.com. All my social stuff is there, soon to be translated to Ascend. And <laughs> you can kind of sign up for my newsletter there. That's another way I like to keep in touch. I have videos on YouTube. Um, I have an Akashic facilitator training that's starting in about a month from now. Actually, wow, a month from today we start. And that's one of my favorite training programs that teaches about intuitive mastery and really learning to facilitate you know, intuitive healing sessions using the Akashic Records. So it's actually a great, like, just saying that, I get excited about the idea of doctors and medical professionals learning that modality because it is an incredible resource for not only tuning into your own wisdom, but supporting and empowering others to do so for themselves. And is that is that in, in person, like in Hawaii, or is that online, or...? It's all online. Yeah, all we've online. done a bunch of rounds of the training. I have 60, actually maybe 70 students that have done it. And it's a practitioner certification course. So it's a nine-week pretty in-depth course with, you know, energetic practice and protocols. And it's it's so much fun. Honestly, it was just downloaded to me by spirit. And I'm so grateful for the um, opportunity to share this work. That's awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Sydney. I yeah. will let you go for now. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening all the way to the end, everyone. I am so excited we had Sydney on the show. Um, Please feel free to reach out to her and um, sign up for her August um, workshop. I think she's an amazing human being and can teach you a lot and help um, guide you through the next step in life. And um, if you have enjoyed the show so far and could help us out by spreading our mission of helping women in need of healing and um, having well-being information that is from the heart and also quite a bit of evidence-based as well um, as a triple board certified physician and and researcher and academician. Um, This is a labor of love and we need your help to reach as many women as possible that you think might enjoy the show. So um, you can also head over onto Instagram um, at health underscore is underscore power. Um, Follow us, um, send us a note, a DM, and um, don't forget to rate, review, um, on the podcast as that helps um, also spread our mission and have a higher reach um, so that we can continue the Health is Power podcast. All right. Take care, everyone. See ya. Bye.